The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show. With host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome to episode 272 of the Underdog Sports NBA show. I am Tyler Laurie and I'm joined as always by my co-host out in LA where the sky is falling. Zandrick Ellison. Zan, how are you today? I'm doing well. We're in the thick of the NBA. We've always wondered like what would happen to the NBA storylines post playing tournament. Is it the dead time? But I think there's a lot going on, a lot of fun storylines to follow. And then we have the trade deadline next week that we could talk about, I think. But in the meantime, there's still a lot to talk about. Definitely a lot to talk about. So do you want to talk about what what do you want to start with? Lucas scored 73 last week, his team won. Um yeah. that guy, pretty outrageous. Well, I mean, that's sort of the debate about all these podcasts and all the chat shows. It's like, is this great? Is it offense? 70 control? point nights, or is the sky falling where this is Dude. not real basketball anymore? You know, it's funny. I saw like a thing that was like Adam Silver needs to like get this under control because there had only been like four 70 point games. In, and then in the last like three years, there's been four or five. And obviously in the last like three weeks, there's been two. Uh, but I don't I don't know. Is it like a problem? Like, are they do, do you do you think that offense in the NBA is a problem? Like kind of like the shift was in baseball where yes. baseball had to like actually. That's actually that's, that's a great analogy. And I tend to agree with that. I do think it's a problem. And the, the so, sort of adage that people think in general is across sports is more offense, the better, the more scoring, the better. Let's encourage scoring. And that's part maybe why baseball did it, too. But. And that's why the NFL kind of limited, you know, how you could like mug receivers. Yeah, and you stuff can't like play. That. You, you can't really play DB anymore. It's hard to play D line too because you just can't touch the quarterback. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, but I I do think it's become hard to appreciate. It's not hard to watch because you do admire the skill and everything. But it's like if you would have told me somebody scores seventy points, I would have thought that would be like the most amazing thing to watch. And then you actually watch the game, and it just looks too easy. I, I do, yeah. Luca, honestly, it, it was really impressive, and beat as well. Um, but I guess well, Luca, question- Luca, yeah. I mean, like, shout out to Luca. By the way, I just wanted to lead off because I just saw it. Sorry to interrupt you, but like on BovadaSportsbook.com, he is up to plus five hundred for MVP, and that might be low. I mean, I think he's <laughs> surging right now. He and Shea Gilgis Alexander. I guess Jokic probably will get to 65 games, and that's part of this Embiid conversation that we need to have, even though he got yeah, hurt on sure. Monday night, or Tuesday night, excuse me. But, like, Luka, he might just be, like, the last guy standing. You never you never know, because, like, he just doesn't get hurt, knock on he's wood. He's such a tank, and people noticed that when he was on Inside the NBA, where he's, like, three inches taller than, like, Charles Barkley. He's, he's just, a like, a dude. giant yeah, dude. He's a big dude. I, my, my question to you about the offensive thing is, like, I do think the NBA has... I don't know how close they're operating to like max efficiency on offense, right? But it's pretty obvious at this point. Like, basically, mid range shots are gone unless you're, you know, Embiid or DeMar DeRozan or Kawhi, somebody like that who's really good at them. Now, you know, I think teams are launching threes just at about a 40% rate, a little bit less. Um, and that hasn't really gone up in the last couple of years because now everything's at the rim, everything's really spaced out. So, my thing is like for the, for baseball, if we talk about like the shift rule, you know, that's easy. You just tell them you need two fielders on each side of the base, right? You, you, mm-hmm. you can't have your third baseman in left field or whatever. But in basketball, like, what what do you think you can tell somebody? Like, well, I think there's a major You can't problem say, like, that. hey, you can only shoot X number of threes a game. You can't say, like, hey, you can only run X number of pick and rolls. Like, that's not within, like, the... It's clearly, like, look, people will say, look, maximum efficiency. These players are... The teams are being smart. The players are being skilled. That's great. But I I do feel like they've sort of solved the game. It feels like a kid playing Madden and then he's like on the medium level. It's like, all right, time to level up a little bit. If you keep going 16 and 0 every year, 17 and 0, like you're, it's not challenging enough that we need to change something here. And I think the biggest flaw in the game is the three pointer. I mean, it's just like, it's too valuable. 
And it's not fifty well, percent harder to hit a three than a two. It's, it's just not, not now. It's like not though. That's the thing. Like twos are as valuable now because of the way that well twos at the rim. Right? Yeah, and but that's all that teams really take. So my question to you is like, do you just well the, the only real you fix. don't have defensive three seconds anymore? So like no, I would go further. Honestly, like I people act like these games like came down from like the tablet. <laughs> It's like no, the, that's they're, true. They're made up. They're they're made, they're up. made up games. And if, if if there's a flaw in your game, you need to change it. And I think, you know, honestly, like I think the game would be a lot better and and more logical if this is harsh. Either because you're right, like threes are too valuable in my opinion. Threes are too valuable given the level of difficulty and because there's so much space and the guys are so good, it opens up so much room inside for bigger guys to score it will near the rim so it's like you know by at the rim or threes that's all people are taking now. so would you get rid of threes or would you add a four I think pointer so I would, there's no no i i think either like it's just going to be hard to like get your mind around for you tyler especially you're such a purist either the solution is either making threes worth two and a half points well, they're not going to do that because it's not. Well, it's odd. It's yeah, a little no, odd. But, but I'm saying, like, they're not going to make I think it we're two smart and a half. enough to do. I think we're smart enough to do it, or making mid-range shots two and a half points. I, I see. I think that's the way to even out the game. I and, actually think you could make corner threes worth two, and stay and leave above the break. That's threes that's worth, interesting. Worth three because a corner three is obviously you know not the easiest shot but one of the more easiest jumpers like the way team structure offense is to have guys in the corner or whatever and just pushing guys up above the break would or just getting rid of the corner three well that's what i'm saying like just just don't have the line extend oh yeah you're saying oh yeah yeah. and so it's worth two yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right like you're not getting you're, you're getting rid of it in theory but like Right. If you're if you're not above the break, it's worth two, right? It's whatever. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it. To be honest with you, but it also obviously like it would totally change the way you have to play offense because you can't funnel people to there, right? And having a guy out there, like sure, shoot that shot, right? It's worth two, like it's fine, but that shot's never going to be as valuable as a two is at the rim, obviously. So if you do that, it just forces teams to play differently, and that way you still have threes and they're still valuable, but the way you play offense and the way you hunt threes becomes slightly different in my opinion but i don't um, know i mean I, like i said i don't well, i, I think that's a obviously yours is a more practical solution i i, I just don't think people a, want to deal with half points right, right? The, i would disagree with that i mean certainly there would be a huge adjustment are there any stats other than sacks are there any right. half stats well, in sport i think we still are able to watch People are playing fantasy football and going down to like the hundredths, you know, and decimals. I did. I, I obviously don't play fantasy football anymore, but I have a friend who's in two leagues and he sent a screenshot that he lost in his like semifinals or whatever. And they had whole numbers. He lost like, you know, 95 to 91 or something. And one of the, my other friends responded like, you don't use decimals, like grow up. What's going right. on? That, that was a big debate in the fantasy community. Yeah. Like whole numbers were what they used to use. And people were like, we need to get more advanced. That's been successful. And that's then, a made up. Well, I guess basketball. Well, yeah. I mean, in, and, in, and then I would say there's, there's sports where we go down to decimals all the time. You know, think about Olympic sports where it's like, you know, the gymnastics scoring. Who's that? Judging, can figure though. that out. But right, still, it's like, it's, you know, I, I think it's doable. And I, I think half a point is really not that big of a difference. Or you could do, you know, two pointers are worth three and four point three pointers are worth four or something like that's that. Not, it's just but how the, does the that, math is imbalanced. Proportionally, that's still the same. Is it not? I understand what you're saying. Like a three is worth double a two. Right. Well, no, a three is not worth double a two right now. It's worth 50%. 50% more. 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 Yeah. So if it was threes and fours, then it would, then it would be, be worth. It's 25% what? more. Yeah. Or whatever. So like 33% more. 33% more. So it's just that that's, I think it's a flaw in the game. I really do. And, and so whatever the the if you want this kind of brand of basketball to exist, that's fine. But I don't think there's that much you could do because it's like you know, a broken system. And you're because they're never going to turn back. Like they're never going to take hand checks away again, right? Like that's they're, they're going. But even to still, issue. would that even change the strategy? It would just change the efficiency slightly, but it wouldn't right. change. The but strategy. you'd score less if you could, you know, mug a guard coming off a pick and roll. Like if you could put two hands on a guard to keep him from getting by you. Like I just think I, I have a bigger problem. It's not even the efficiency. It's just the the strategy being an issue like you have a huge basketball court 
And literally, like, every team is taking these shots at the exact same spots on the court. It's just, like, not – it's not what it was designed to be. You Theoretically, you should be able to you know, shoot it, from it, anywhere. It's funny. Like, think about that, right? So we're talking about this, and, like, we're having this, like, existential conversation. I don't think the league is broken, personally. Like, I think it's fine. I actually am I'm, – I'm curious to see what innovations we see because I do agree with you. Like, I think offenses have become – the, the offensive strategy teams run is is close. I don't know that it's perfect, but I do agree with you. Like it's it's like relatively close to solved in terms of like how you play, right? Yes. Generating the most good three pointers and then shots at the rim is the best way you can play. That that will maximize your points per shot depending on the players you have in your team, right? Whatever. But we're having this conversation about like how teams play. But think about this, Zan. Like every time we criticize coaches, a lot of times it's because they don't play this way. And so, like, we're saying, like, oh, you need to play closer to optimally to be good, but also, like, we don't really like what optimal is. And I understand those are two different conversations. Right. It's still uh, it's still watchable because it's like, hey, there's st- it's still a competitive game, even if the game itself is a little silly. So how come people don't like more, and Joel Embiid more? Because, like, he plays very differently, right? He shoots a lot of mid-range jumpers. He gets a lot mm-hmm. of free throws. People didn't like Harden, free throws and threes, like... Shea Gilgis Alexander has probably the oddest shot map in the league, and he's like basically the most unguardable guy getting downhill. And it's like, I don't know, do people love watching Shea Gilgis Alexander? That's a great point. Why do is people love so... watching Steph Curry? Or Luke, I, I think Luca, his personality gets a little bit of hate, but like, yeah, Embiid being so unlikable. Why is that for a guy averaging 35, 11, 6? And, and, and to be clear, like, I don't know how unlikable. I, I'm quite sure Embiid has one of the highest selling jerseys, whatever. But obviously, like, I think he is. Like the not, average fan, I think, dislikes him. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, it, I think it's more. Maybe we're just too hard into the NBA and like reading the tea leaves and we talk about people's Twitters in a minute. But. Just like the campaigning for MVP has just been really annoying, I think. And like the Daryl Morey stuff. And then throwing, you know, Ben Simmons under the bus, I thought was weird. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Going back to the 100% shooting, almost a triple double, 20 minutes. Boy, is there egg on your face. I know he looked pretty good. Um, But going back to the Colangelo stuff, it's just like they're no longer plucky, you know, rising, rebuilding team. It's just yeah. like, they feel like they're just kind of annoying. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. Like we'll talk about this, right? MB gets hurt against golden state. So he had missed a game against Indiana or he played against Indiana, got hurt, then didn't play against uh, Denver. Didn't play against Portland. He was a late add to the um, injury report in Denver. Sounds like the league is investigating that. Um, but He's had knee soreness for a lot of the year. He's Joel Embiid. He will probably always have knee soreness. To quote Kelly Oubre, he's 7'5", 350 pounds. That's hard to play. I I agree. Uh, But he plays against Golden State. Doesn't particularly play well. Looks Can't can't say, by the way, Zan, that I stayed up to watch. I watched like the first half of the first quarter, and I noticed that like he he appeared to be laboring for sure. Some of that's probably being out of shape. Like, you know, they're on a road trip. Um, And then late in the game, later in the game, Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga falls on his knee comes out of the game now i've read articles there in if in the philly inquirer there was an article about how like it's the league's fault and b got hurt and i was not surprised to read that in the philadelphia inquirer this morning i was then surprised though when i got on the athletic and i saw that sam amick basically wrote the same article how it's like the league's fault and people were yelling at him and he has to play 65 games and i think if we knew that Embiid was doing the right things all the time and that he was constantly focused on like his team winning and like I think I'd be more apt to believe that he's a sympathetic figure here. And mm-hmm. it sucks that he got hurt because obviously like you want the best players to play. We've talked about this over and over again, but like Embiid is never available. Zan, like he's just always banged up. He's always hurt. So like, please like spare me the fact that like he missed a game in Denver. Then he didn't play in Portland. And uh, granted the second day of a back to back, but like he's got to play at some point or he's got to not play. So like, do we really think it's the 65 games rule that forced Embiid to play? On, two, no. on Tuesday night, like, and do we really think because of that he was like, "Oh, I've got to play because I've got to win MVP," and the league's calling me a baby because I didn't play in Denver? He hasn't played in Denver for four straight years. Like, yeah, I agree. And like, in a way, hurt. it's he got hurt. It's fine. If you, like, if you told me five years ago when he had all these injuries, more injuries. Remember, he missed two seasons in a row. Missed two full seasons. Yeah, yeah. That he would have played. The last two years prior, prior 66 games, 68 games. I would have said, I'm impressed that he's that durable. 
Because it and felt he's like only he played. He's never, you know, he's only reached the sixty-five game yeah, mark in those the, two seasons. Right, right. He's all, and maybe they based it on that. To be honest, like Just I think Embiid. they looked at. <laughs> I think they looked at Embiid and said, "Okay, he played sixty-six last year. That's about fine." I hate the sixty-five game rule. I, I have. I want a long rant about that when you have time. I don't really get it. Like I, I, I get it. I guess, but like it doesn't seem to be like protecting the league, and it is going to cost guys money. Um, and this it's, is it's one- ridiculous. Wait, let me give my two rants against it. One is it's such how long a, do I need to mute my <laughs> mic for? <laughs> one minute. Coming up with this, maybe they did it based on a beat or Jokic or whatever. Like sixty-five, that's the cutoff line. Like, why do we need an artificial threshold? Are voters that stupid that they can't figure out playing eighty games is better than playing sixty games, and playing seventy games is better than playing sixty-five games? And do the calculations yourself on uh, how much. How much of a difference that. is there between seventy and sixty-five? Do you think? Whatever that percentage is, you know, do the math, do your homework, you know, voters and think it's not that hard to judge the difference. And I've always viewed it as a tiebreaker. Certainly the yeah, if people are clo- if people are close and I think right. awards voters do that in like basically every sport. Right. I think but I, I don't need the you- threshold. I don't need the 65 game threshold because you're telling me there's there's a huge mark difference between 64 and 65. Like no, there's, there's not. not. There's and to not. treat it like a binary, like that's enough. That's not enough. It's ridiculous. Like if Embiid and, and we Jokic might... had the same amount of stats, right. Yeah. And Jokic played 81 games and Embiid played 65. Then I think it matters from a rate perspective. But if well, one I plays 71 and one plays 65 and their stats are the same, I don't really think that. Matters. I think I would factor it in slightly. I'd factor it in whatever that percent difference is. I think it's important. Um, but the other thing I, I think is actually not talked about enough is it incentivizes players like Embiid to suffer through and play 65 games, right? But then it also disincentivizes players to go from 65 to 75. Yeah, just because, play 60, just get yeah, to 65. just to 65 just and then call it dead. Because it doesn't matter after that. It's all the same after that, which it's really not. If you play an extra 10 games, that's a major difference. And I think I probably would say that it it kind of like spits in the face of the league wanting like the playoffs to be a big deal too, because 65 makes sense, right? It's what, it, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it's 17, you can miss 17 games. And that probably gives you an opportunity to miss most legs of a back-to-back or something like, you know, it protects you against like some form of injury. But like, why didn't the league just say like, you can't win an award if you have 10 misses for rest or something? Like, why? Well, you, why I, does I, it I don't have think there should be, like be a limit. I think if, hey, if some player comes in, Jesus shows up and scores 200 points a game for 50 games, then he's the MVP. That's fine. Whatever it is, just factor it in. Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth or Jesus Christ? <laughs> Jesus Shuttlesworth. Oh, okay. We'll say. Right. No, I meant I originally meant the OG Jesus. Yeah, but but maybe I, he, I, I agree with you. I don't I think, think he would shoot that often. I think it's a dumb rule. I do think that yeah, he he helps others. He he's yeah. the biggest assist <laughs> guy probably. It's probably close to crazy anti-vax John Stockton. Um, I do think the rule will get changed because like yeah. we're not really tracking. I don't I don't know. Like Tyrese Halliburton had a big comment about it, and he is obviously somebody that would play, but he's been hurt and he's gonna be pretty close and he can't make all NBA, which is gonna cost him or or just like change that where it's like you can still make all NBA because saying somebody can't be third team all NBA because if they, they play sixty if they play yeah. sixty-four games, yeah, it's bad. It, it's funny. I remember um, you know, I certainly don't listen to Bill Simmons as much as I used to, just because I don't have much free time, but he had Larry remember, David on, though, by the I way. I remember he had Kevin Durant on for the, that series of interviews, and Durant was saying, I can't remember if it was Steph Curry played 50 games or, like, DeMarcus Cousins played 50 games or something. It was a while ago, obviously, if I'm talking about DeMarcus Cousins. And they were like, oh, well, he can't make an All-NBA team. And Durant was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know if somebody should make an All-NBA team or not. And normally I think Durant's takes are like, eh. But that take I agree with, and I agree with your take. Like, you know, like, if somebody plays 64 games... They shouldn't lose to somebody who's been worse than them because that person played 78 games for an MVP if the difference is enough, you know? Well, it depends. I, and look, I actually, I think that I would value the 78-played guy, so, but so everyone I, should make their so own calculations. That's I think voters I are smart enough to Yeah, do vote that. vote how you, you want to vote. And it's, so it's weird. And again, I do think... Like, and I, I think know. like voters, if voters want to do, hey, I'm an advanced stats guy, or I, I just like, you know, whatever narrative, like whatever it is, like you want to do, like, yeah, vote that way. That's what the voters are for. Like, that's a broad I, I do kind sample of, of voters. I get kind of mad about that with the Hall of Fame because, like, I do think there's this like weird ballot shaming thing going on where, like, yeah, 
And I and I I agree that there should be, you know, you want voters to be informed, right? You don't want them just make right. crazy decisions. Like, don't vote for Mark Burley because he was your favorite player. But like, it's fine if you think Mark Burley was legitimately a Hall of Famer and you can support the case behind that. That's okay. Somebody may disagree. Yeah, as long, but you're you're 100 right. As long as you're correct in what your arguments are, like, that's fine. Like, if you yeah. think like I value, you know. <laughs> whatever like defense more than offense like just stay consistent and say like yeah, it's you know. fine and I, and so i think and again it's hard there's fine margins whatever but like i'm a big hall guy like if i had a ballot i'd want to vote 10 guys every year i think like you know we want to celebrate people who have you know good great careers wait but, so um, when you say i'm a big hall guy you mean like i want as many people in the hall of fame as possible That's i just i don't think it should be like i i think like everyone talks about like hall of very good versus like hall, like i'd vote for a guy like like I was talking to somebody about Bobby Abreu. I don't know if you remember him. And he's probably just, he's like literally just on the outside. But like, I'd probably vote for him if I had a vote. Because I think like, you know, he was a really good player for a long time. You can tell the story of baseball without him. But like, you know, whereas like Andrew Jones is having a tough time getting in. Like he'd be a no brainer for me. He was the best defensive center fielder in baseball for 10 years. Like I'd put him in in a second. His career was just over really soon. So he didn't get a ton of counting stats beyond what he needed. Right. But like, if you ask me, you know, Mike Trout is clearly a better player than Andrew Jones. But at the end of the day, you might be able to tell the story of baseball. I, I hate that, too. Like, I'm just anti everything today. The whole, like, can you tell the story? No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you, if you no, I know, but that's a comment. get in, you know, right. like Andrew Jones hitting multiple home runs as an 18 year old against the Yankees was a great moment. But like, also, he was a really good player and people knew who he was. And so it's like, all right, he's three and a half wars short. Should we not put him in? And that's why I said, like, I'm a bigger hall guy. Like, I would always vote for 10 guys, whereas a lot of people don't do that. They just because you don't have to vote for 10 people just vote for one or two. And I think that's kind of, you know, I, I think you're well within your rights to do it. I just would vote for 10 personally. That's my own. Well, and, and whatever. More the more arguments, the better. I, I think it's fine. And like, I agree with that, once in a while, you'll see like. Yeah, and the shaming where it's like, oh, well, that, like, you know, the warp is actually different. Like, I mean, cares? Thanasis, like, I don't, maybe I don't value that. I mean, like, my guy, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, got three votes, three player votes yeah. for the All-Star game. And, like, that's probably a little bit much, you know? Like, Well, like, the most classic example, obviously, is, like, Rafael Palmeira. Do you remember that? Where, in baseball, they have golden gloves, which is best oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And defense he only played, by position. He played first base for, like... 30 some games or something in one. Right. Like and he had been a very good defensive player. And then one year he got voted golden glove, even though he only played, what you said, like 30 games. It was, it was a small amount. I don't even know. I don't, 30 might be too little, but it was like less than half the year he played at 30. Yeah. Uh, and he was a DH otherwise. And it was just the voters like not being informed. And maybe you would say, Oh, it would have been good to have a threshold. Like you need to play a hundred games. But at the same time, my argument is like voters should know this stuff yeah. if they're voting. And the other thing is like you don't want, and this goes back to your offensive thing, like you don't want this like insane amount of group think either. Yeah. Like where just like everyone's like, all right, well, you gotta vote for Adrian Beltre and you gotta vote for Joe Mauer. Like those are the guys. And it's like, and then all these people are just like, Yeah, you know what? I, this makes sense. I read this article, like I get it. But like you do I do think voting has gotten better. Um, I think yes. all NBA voting is a little bit questionable just because like, I think people tend to vote for people who they see. Right. So, you know, you can see somebody maybe vote. I'm trying to think of something that would be like Anthony Edwards will probably get more votes than he probably, than he might deserve. He's, he's had an all NBA caliber year in my opinion. I don't know if he'll ultimately get there. There's a lot of season left, but he may get more votes just because he's a more recognizable guy when like possibly Jalen Brunson should be second team all NBA, right? Like Damian Lillard made the all-star team, which is fine. He's a starter. I would have personally put Jalen Brunson as my second starter on the all. Yeah, and I think it's fine. Like, and like I, the one that kind of like makes like test my principle. I think Ramona Shelburne said a few years ago that she votes. She's a narrative voter for MVP. Yeah, and she voted for LeBron too. Yeah, and it's just like okay, you know, I'm like I that's stretching it. I think it was like Ramona and Dave McMenamin. And like Wendy voted for LeBron, or like, but I don't don't think Wendy did. I think I'm just being glib. But like, I'm speaking of Bill Simmons. He's been arguing in the last few weeks of the podcast, like the Lakers shouldn't have two All Stars because they don't have a good record. And in my opinion, I don't care about that. I don't think that should matter. Um, if you actually do have two, do you All Stars fall under the opinion that you should be putting the best, like the, like the best players in the All Star game? So like, yeah, right. Yeah. Is he having the best season or is he because like I always think you should put some young guys in too because I think it matters. But there's uh, only 13 spots, which I don't understand either. Like, just make it 15. It's fine. Well, I, I think personally, if uh, for all star voting, I think the best players should get in or I think people having the best seasons and saying that this guy's on a bad team, he shouldn't make it to me is like 
Yeah, Anthony Davis and LeBron both deserve to be all-stars. Right, it's, it's like just like, clear. it's like acknowledging that, and we can dive into the Lakers talk, because it's acknowledging, like, look, basketball is more than a one-man sport, it's more than a two-man sport, clearly, as the Lakers are showing. Like, the team is just not working. Again, yeah. are the Lakers good is a great question that we're going to hear over and over again. And I'm ready to give you my answer. You want to hear it? Yeah. No. Well, it's and it's been a like good. They're just an average NBA team. Well, because like it's I think it's reaching a breaking point. I thought Darwin Ham, I was in text. You might get fired this week because you have the team struggling right now. As of recording, they're under 500. They lost to the Hawks. KOC, Kevin O'Connor on the ringer wrote a long piece that they should tr- consider trading LeBron, I think. And you can always count on KOC for just like the best takes about things. And, and, but just, maybe LeBron and then the most cryptic, passive aggressive, annoying tweeter of yeah, all time. Tweeted LeBron an hour James, class, right? Tweeted an hour class. And, and you have to read into it. Does that mean his time with the Lakers is up? Does that mean Darvin Ham's time's time up? Time is that running mean? out. Isn't that what it means? Or it was an empty hour class? I think it was empty. And the, do you or think does it, it do mean rich people have access to other here. emojis? Like, do I have an empty hourglass or is my hourglass have things in it? If I look on my emojis, do you think? I just went to go look at the Twitter thing. By the way, it's called X, right? But why is the website still Twitter.com? Oh, wow. So there is one where, so there's an emoji where the bottom has all the sand in it and there's nothing in the top. And then there's an emoji. Wow, Apple's great. And then there's an emoji where there's still sand coming out from the top to the bottom. Which one did he post? Let's take a look. Uh, actually, there is an X.com too. X. It is X.com. That's what yeah. it's called now. It's, yeah, but yes. you can also go to Twitter.com. You must have posted works. the one with the top empty. That means Darwin's getting fired. So let's all go to Bovada and bet on Darwin <laughs> Ham getting fired. That's 100% Wait, what that I have to like. I might have to zoom in. Oh, you've posted. No, it looks like there's a little at the top still. So I think that, yeah, it's definitely time is running out. It's not time is out. Time is up. It's time is running out. If I read the tea leaves mm. of LeBron etology. But what is what do you think if LeBron getting inside his head? If you gun to his head, like what do you want? Do you want Darwin Ham out? Do you want a trade? Do you want to be traded? Like what do you actually want right now? Time is running. I think he'll fire I think they'll fire Darwin. He's not leaving LA. Like I would be stunned. Like I could see him leaving to go somewhere else to play with Bronny if and when that ever happens. And I don't even know how Bronny's been on USC this year. But like that bad. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he didn't play for like months. No, but he was like at one point he shot like over. I saw he had like an over seven game or something. Yeah, like, people have bad games, you know. No, like, but it know. was like over a three game stretch he didn't end a shot. But whatever, he's recovering from like a heart attack or something, right? Or whatever. Yeah, he, cardiac arrest. Cardiac. Yeah. yeah so, but I, I mean, I, I just, I just don't see a scenario. This is why I, I made the comment about Kevin O'Connor. Like, the Lakers just aren't an organization that are going to do something like trade LeBron James unless LeBron James says, trade me or I will never play yeah. a game here again. Like, And honestly, I'll take it a step further. Like, I think the Lakers as an organization, this is speculation, this is projection, I don't know. I think they would rather be under 500 with LeBron James than a seven seed without him. Without him. I agree with that. Like, 100%. It's hard. It's It's very hard to, like, put that in them, in, you know, it, to like actually say that with conviction, but like the Lakers are at the end of the day, their brand is Hollywood, right? You have the biggest yeah. star in the league. He's yeah. still very good. He lives in LA. You know, he's all over the place. Having him on your team is going to get you on TV all the time. Even if you stink, it's just not and, happening. And and also, well, and I think that was thing. their argument for having Kobe, having like Kobe later years. And, and, and they like, owed Kobe because he was a big part of the yeah. franchise. And I think LeBron has been a good Laker. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they won the bubble title. But I also think like he's, you know, I don't buy into like the, you know, the Yankee way or whatever, the Patriot way, the Laker way. But I think LeBron has like exemplified what the Lakers want from their superstar. You know, that he's he is as much of a you know, culture superstar as he is a basketball superstar, right? And so why would they trade that? Because there's really nobody in the league that, like, they're going to get to replace him that can do what he does, both on and off the court, right? Like, I don't know what KOC said, like, a package for LeBron would look like, but, like, come on, Zane. There's there's no point. And and there's no reason to build around Anthony Davis because he's squarely in his prime or a little past his prime. That's what I'm saying. So, like, unless you're totally blowing it up and you're just trading for a bunch of picks and, like, you hope that you can hit on the next cultural phenomenon, like, like, let me, like, let me ask you this. I, I, I'll just pick a player. Um, okay. Jason Tatum. If Jason Tatum plays for the Lakers, will he be the type of off the court star that LeBron is? 
No. Well, nah, that's, I mean, LeBron's like, got so grandfathered into this. No, no, know. I know. But I'm saying there hasn't no, really he's been, not. like, even even Victor Wambanyama, like, Wambanyama, who's been much better, you know, of late, he's European and he's young. And, like, the, the, the way that LeBron transcends the sport, there haven't been a ton of guys like that, right? It's been right. MJ. Maybe Co- Steph Kobe, Curry. Steph, LeBron, maybe Shaq at a certain point. Yeah, but Shaq, like, I think, for sure. You know, the, he was in a ton of commercials, too. The Lakers, that's what they want. They, Magic Johnson, right? Yeah. There isn't really another guy. I guess, like, Anthony Edwards is kind of getting there, right? Like, maybe, but he's also very young, and he doesn't... Well, that, 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 yeah, that's of. a really high bar, though, to, like, be that level of superstar. No, no, I know that, but I think that matters to the Lakers, right? They've had one of those players for all but one year of the last, yeah. I don't even know, since the early 90s. And I think well, that, that matters quite a bit. And and literally, like, I think you can nitpick LeBron's season, even though he's 39, and you can wonder about it. Apparently his trainer was training Tristan Thompson, who was suspended for PDs. Let's not <laughs> suspect LeBron and his did giant see, uh, chin, uh, jawline of anything. Did you see um, um, Jeff Teague's podcast? Again, it, probably the best no. podcast. There. It's so funny. But they were saying for Tristan Thompson, Jeff Teague was like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're scoring like four points a game. Like you're taking steroids to sit on the bench. Like it's over. Like why are you? Don't you think it's a little suspicious though that the I think they have the same trainer. They're friends. LeBron has grown yeah. out his beard to hide his giant jawline, Barry Bonds jawline. <laughs> He's playing really well at age 39. Whatever, it's fine. I guess we're just going to accept that as a possibility. I, I don't know. I mean, there was that was like Bill Simmons' I, favorite take for a long time. A lot of Bill Simmons mentions today, but his favorite take for a long time was that Tiger was on steroids. And like, oh, I, I think I, I would bet if there was a Bovada bet on that. I mean, I think it's almost guaranteed, but whatever. We've uh, never seen LeBron play badly, though. That's the problem. Like, there are players who just like beat aging curves no. every now and again. It no. just happens. <laughs> no, there's no basketball player that's this good at age 39. What about but this is, but it's it's so different though. Oh, by the way, I'm on the Lakers basketball reference page, and there is a little uh, banner for NBA in season tournament champs. Oh, that, yeah, they can I was kind of surprised that. to see that. That seemed well. Let's, I mean, let's talk about basketball, like because you know Rob Palenka got so much credit for like salvaging the season last year, and it he did a good he did job. work. He yeah. did a good job. Yeah. But this off season, you bring in Cam Reddish hasn't really worked out. Rui still inconsistent, still not trusted as like a starter. Torian Prince has been sort of. You know, empty three and D calories. Austin Reeves, they haven't figured out. Like, how do you salvage the team in the same way? Is it DeJounte Murray? Or is it Zach Levine? Or because it's not even, trading LeBron. It's not how trading. How do they Le- even get there though? That's the thing. Like they do yeah. have two firsts, right? They've and they don't they don't anymore, right? Like, how they, do the Lakers even get Zach Levine? They have future picks, I think. They do have future first rounders i mean they have to trade like d'angelo russell who has had some good games but like he's clearly struggled in terms of like what his role is like that Rui contract that ain't going anywhere right like i just don't see it austin reeves or austin reeves is like the big carrot but he's like important to them though and you know lebron playing with guys he feels comfortable with is kind of a big part of his role and then not to crit not to overstep on palenka because i thought he would be a good signing Gabe Vincent is on the hook for he signed a three year thirty two million dollar contract and has I mean that that's anyway. kind of been unlucky to be honest it's certainly they overpaid for him but it made sense at the time and he obviously has only played five games this year so and other whiffs Christian Wood hasn't really he's know, been bad onto a role Jackson Jared Vanderbilt Hayes. has a long term contract it's, he's been okay you know if he's a rotational the, guy the thing with Jared Vanderbilt is like he doesn't make sense for a team like the Lakers like right. I mean he, he he's a good basketball player don't get me wrong and they needed him when like Dylan Brooks was like you know, slapping LeBron in the face. So they need an enforcer. And so that guy matters. But again, he doesn't really make sense for the Lakers. And I just think, again, we're just looking at a very poorly constructed roster for the state of the NBA, based on what we talked about. They're 28th in three-point rate. They actually are shooting the ball like, okay, you know, all things considered. I think they're like middle of the road in three-point percentage, maybe. Like about 15th. They still take way too many twos, but they make them. And they're just relying on a 39-year-old guy to carry him as far as he can. I, I, and they this made is the my conference diagnosis. finals last year, so... I would honestly... I think you got to go all in, even if it's unlikely to work out. you got to take your best chance. I would trade for Zach Levine, and I'll give you my argument. His contract's kind of 
huge risk. You want to get him a physical, right? Because, I mean, is he healthy enough to, you know, play through his contract? I don't know. But this is also a guy who is like, in terms of trade value, you're buying at probably the lowest it's been. You know, I don't think you have to give up anything for him. Isn't he a free agent? Is he a free agent? No, no. He's under a contract for like three years, four Can the Lakers pay? That's right. He's a max guy. Can the Lakers pay him? Well, you'd have to trade. Let's say you trade D'Lo. I don't know how to get there. You'd have to figure it's, out a way to cobble together. But this is also a guy who averaged 25 points a game last year. But I'm telling he you, this threes. is... threes. He's athletic. I think you need a guy like that. And I think you could play with Reeves. You play the two of them at your guard spot. Well, let me ask you this. I've said this before, but like, doesn't... I, I just don't think they can afford Zach Levine. Miles Bridges is the one that makes the most sense, right? Because well, he's a yeah, rental. Well, yeah, sure, but he he's like valuable in a way. I guess he has no trade clause, so I guess maybe you could convince him to. He'd go to L.A. Was, come on now, isn't he? He's a clutch rep. He, they probably yeah, already have sure. agreed. He's probably signing a minimum deal in Los Angeles next year, and LeBron's paying that's him on the table. Okay, but let's just look at the Zach Levine math. He's making forty million this year, forty three million, forty six million, forty eight. That's a lot. Forty million dollars. Can you get to forty million dollars? I well, think Russell. You can. You'd have to trade like Russell Hashimura. That's 32. Gabe Vincent's contract. Can you get rid of that? I don't know. No, That's they don't want, right you don't want to trade Gabe Vincent unless unless Gabe Vincent is like totally cooked and he's never going to play. Like, I don't you don't want to trade him because he can actually make shots when he's healthy. Like he can shoot threes. They apparently the offer they made to the Hawks for uh, Murray was Russell. Hood Shafino, who, like you thought, maybe has not been the best pick. He stinks. And then uh, I think a first round pick. That was it. Then that trade. And what was that? What was that for? That was for Dejounte Murray. Why and would they would, add Dejounte Murray again? I, yeah, a, I don't. I don't player, think that's a, right a good thing. player. But like, how does that make any sense? No, he's cheaper at least. Although he's going to get paid. And he gets. He has an extension kicking in next year. But that's only twenty million dollars, twenty one million dollars in salary. So maybe that was the argument too. It's like, hey, right now Murray's contract it's, is easy to match. It's kind of weird, by the way, real quick, just on Jalen Hood Shafino. It's kind of weird that like the entire community is like, ah, this one doesn't make sense when it happens, right? It doesn't happen often. And even with Teal and Horton Tucker, people are like, oh, you know, he's really young, like he's long, like maybe there's a chance. But like Hood Shafino, like every draft person that I know, or like that I, or every front office person that I talk to, were like, this one doesn't make sense because like he doesn't really make shots at a high level. He is a big guard. He's, you know, he's long, he can defend, but like for the Lakers, you have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Well, and also like ready-made guys right behind them. Cause Hood Shafina, even his best is like a few years away. Right. He went the next 17. pick up the next pick after. Hockeys, and then Brandon Pods, and then Cam Whitmore, Cam Whitmore actually yeah. looked like Cam Whitmore looks like he might have a real chance. Right. And even if you draft Cam Whitmore and you're like, oh, he's not on our timeline, he would be very appealing in a trade compared to Hood Shafino, who's literally almost like a salary dump at this point. As he's, a, not a, he's, 20, he's not a salary dump, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, well, he's a salary him. match. Like people are trading for Hood Shafino, like partly because he's an asset, but partly like, hey, we need to match this $5 million salary or whatever. I mean, even like, man, that, that this is actually pretty bad. I didn't even realize that they took Hood Shafino because even Keontae George obviously has been like pretty good for Utah, but. Yeah, the Hakez, Podziemenski, Cam Whitmore, like right after, has been kind of a killer. Honestly, I think even yeah. Marcus Marcus Sasser has been like a useful player. I mean, Memphis isn't very good, but um, I think the Lakers probably thought. I mean, not to be racist, but like, did they think Podziemski was too much? Like, do we want another another Austin Reeves in the building? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Sasser's together. playing for. Uh, Sasser's playing for... Uh, so do you think the Lakers are done? Like, so on Bovada, they're plus 1,800, 18 to 1 to win the West. Golden State's actually 30 to 1, by the way. I wouldn't uh, dr- I, I wouldn't bet on the Lakers. I'm Not that you'd to, bet on them, looking, but like, I'm do you like, think they're done? Do I think they're done? No, they have LeBron and they have Anthony Davis. And at some point, like, that matters. But I don't... I mean, I don't... Like, give me an example here. All right, let, let, let's look at the standings for a second. Okay, so the Lakers are currently, I believe... Uh, at 24 and 25, they're ninth place tied with Utah, so they're in the play-in range right now. Okay, so they're in ninth, right? Yeah. Utah and them are 24 and 25. They actually just lost to Houston. They gave up 150 points or something, 135, and they gave up 138 to Atlanta the next day. Um, do you think... Let me give you, let me give you these teams. 
I'll exclude the play-in because any team in the NBA can beat another team in a one-game matchup. Yeah. So I, I think it's fine. But like, let's say they're in a seven-game series against Phoenix. Can they beat Phoenix yeah. in your mind? I'll tell you. Just Zach quick, Levin yes, yes or no, could they beat yes. them? Not yes. would they be favorites, yes, could yes, they yes, beat yes. them? Okay. I think any team in the West could beat any team in the West. Okay, what team would you... Maybe not Denver. Well, let me ask you this. What, yeah. what team would you confidently pick the Lakers over? Uh, in the in the playoff picture in the playoff picture yes in a seven game series where you see that match and you're like you know what i'd pick the lakers here what team exists uh, it's currently in the playoffs maybe new orleans at the eighth spot and that's new orleans is it. playing better but yeah maybe new orleans but dallas? no i mean obviously no i dallas i think dallas is a better bet to make the finals than to lose the lakers maybe sacramento maybe sacramento maybe yeah i think you're relying on like a team getting a young team getting like shook by LeBron, you know? Yeah, like maybe they maybe can, that's they Minnesota can really to be slow honest. down Oklahoma City or something. I don't. I don't, honestly, I don't think so. Oklahoma City's not that young. Like yeah, I could see them. I mean, if, or, if the uh, Lakers, Minnesota, were, Minnesota's not that young. Right. Well, if the Lakers were matched up against Oklahoma City, let's say in the first round, and I don't think it would be like the shocking upset of all time for them to win. The Lakers, this is a team that won the title. They made the conference finals last year. Like their pedigree is pretty good still. Yeah, it's it's. I'm just telling you though. Like when you're saying, are they done? Like. So, so you're saying no. The ceiling on this team. No, no. I, I, I just, they made the conference finals last year and they got blown out by Denver, right? Denver is essentially the same team. The Lakers are. We thought they were done last year, right? What was their record last year when they were traded Russ? It was like, when they, they were like five games. They were like five games under or something. It was like crazy. I don't even know. I don't even know when they traded Russ, to be honest with you. But um, they were 43. They finished 43 and 39 last year. That seems. Yeah. Tough. At one point they were 25 and 31 last year. Okay, so six games under. Yeah, they did. I mean, they closed the season quite well. Like, they won. But the scary thing that people yeah, pointed out Yeah, they won 10 of like, their last 12 to uh, 9 of their last 11, and then they won the playing game again. The scariest thing for the Lakers, for sure, is, look, if it's a horse race, you're like, maybe we're pacing ourselves. Like, that's not the case. Like, LeBron and Anthony Davis have been played, healthy. They're playing well. Yeah, they're playing they 35 minutes a game. And I mean, still, AD, AD did miss their game against Atlanta, but again, they, okay. But still, he's playing 34 minutes. LeBron's playing 35 and a half minutes a night. He's played 54 games. They're most on the team. I mean, their their top five minutes guys have all played 45 plus games, right? AD started 46. LeBron started 44. D'Lo has played 45, started 38. Austin Reese has played 49 oh, sorry, games. I was looking at last year's stats in terms of the minutes. Yeah, AD's playing 36 minutes a game. LeBron's playing just yeah. under 35. But even Torian Prince, he's playing 30 minutes a night. So Cam Reddish. So what's your solution? My solution is as they much need as to do something. One, they need. They, I they would cannot. trade for. I would trade for Levine because I think the, the you don't even have to go up a pick. For they him. cannot I think stand they, Pat. I agree with this. They cannot stand Pat. They are not in that position. I Kevin O'Connor. Like I hope your article got a lot of engagement, but. While trading LeBron might be the most sensible thing, like we need to like operate in reality here. They're not the only to reason to do that is if LeBron says to them that like, he wants to leave, I or wanna, I that he says, "Whatever, I got a movie deal, Space Jam Three. Like this is my last season." Then it's like, okay, fine. Like there's no reason for you to be here. Then if you don't, yeah. Want to and even then, they, they wouldn't. I don't even think they would do it. To be honest with you, like, yeah. I, and that's that's my thing. Like, I think you know the Lakers. It's just a different organization, right? Like there aren't there are. Most of the time in sports, it's a business, right? And you can never be too sure. You just never be too sure. This one, though, like LeBron is just different. Like he just doesn't, he has made his own decisions for his entire career, basically. And very few players have that level of like certainty. And even like Portland would have kept Dame, but he wanted to leave. Well, like, he here's was like, a question for you. Like you know? this, make an over under on this. LeBron is. 39 he's in his you know he's made the all-star team 20 times he's still averaging 25 7 and 7 shooting 39 percent from three just off the top of your head like how many more seasons do you think he's going to play and do, is he even one of those guys who, who wants to be like a role player towards the end of his career or is he going to like kind of retire close to the top honestly i as you recall since we've been friends quite a long time since we've done this podcast now for you know five years or whatever I think one of my first takes that you said was like crazy was I just kept talking about how Tom Brady was like cooked. Like Tom Brady's yeah. done. He can't throw the ball. He's got a noodle arm, whatever. He goes to Tampa Bay, wins a Super Bowl, throws for like 5,000 yards, whatever. So I was yeah. wrong about that one. Um, quarterback's a little bit different, but eventually it gets you. You know, he, he looked bad. He looked worse his last year. Um, you know, we've seen Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, like their arms just go. 
we haven't seen a meaningful drop off in LeBron's play. Right. Like we've seen, he, he's different, right? He, he's not like the unbelievable, like inevitable force where you just can't stop him from getting downhill. But there are moments in games where like he's on a fast break and you know that you're not getting there. Like he, I honestly, I, I think the bigger decline in LeBron's play is the league around him getting better getting better yeah i mean and he's and, a little bit less athletic he's still an unbelievable athlete like it's still wild how athletic he is at 39 like i mean yeah. i am a oh, shell so, of got terrible so athlete, how many so. more years after the season does he play i don't know what what is he he's, will he turn 40 i think he's gonna turn 40 if he's not already he's turning 40 oh no he's just barely 39 which is barely he, 39 uh so last december 30th Almost on the year. So he'd be 40 to start. He'd be 40 midway through next year. Yes. All right. Give me. How many career points does he have right now? I think there's. Well, doesn't he have the record already? He does have the record. Yeah. I want to know. Like, okay. So getting. It's almost 40,000. So he'd need 11. He'd need 10,300, 10,253 to get 50,000 points. He probably. I mean, I'm sure he has that close to that in the playoffs, but. Um, and he doesn't, he's most points in a season is like 2,300. All right. I'm going to say he plays till he's 43. So I'm going to yeah, say I was he's thinking got the same. I'm going to say he's got one I'm going to say three more years after this one. I, I was thinking the exact same number and it'd be interesting. I think more than the points, I think he might, if he wanted to, if he wanted to like go around and be like the old dog and like an old Shane Battier, like chasing rings or whatever. Like he could play until he's 46, I think. And the, try to get to six rings. And so make he's it. got a, he's got 8,000 points in the playoffs. Eight, like so just over 8,000, 8,023. And he's got 39,747. So he probably needs to play two more years at 50,000 points. But is there another move the Lakers could make besides Levine and Murray? Is there something we're missing here? I'm telling you, Miles Bridges. That's the move. Miles Bridges. Okay. Jeremy Grant, maybe. I don't know what that yeah, guy's doing fine. in Portland. Ma- Malcolm Brogdon. Bojan Bogdanovic would be a good fit, actually. Would he be a good fit, though? See, because here's the thing, some shooting. Too. You got to get, you got to get, like, sign off on your moves, right? You you can't bring in a guy that, like, LeBron... I mean, they should just trade for shooting, right? Like Luke. Yeah. Kennard, what's wrong with Bojan Bogdanovic? Not Bogdan. Bojan. I like both. I'm, I'm a I like fan both, of both Bogdanoviches. <laughs> honestly, too. I'm a Bogdanovich guy. But but if you had if you had him at the small forward spot instead of Torian Prince, like a like or Cam Reddish, like a legitimate shooter, I think that would help I'm a lot. Tell you I mean, something right now, as a Lakers fan, you're going to be upset to hear this. I think the path forward is pretty bleak. Like, I think they can trade. But we said that Levine. last year, though. Yeah. And they were never really a threat. Like, I understand that people are like, oh, they beat Memphis. This is great. Memphis was injured. Right. But yeah. then, like, they got to the playoffs and they had a, like one good game against Denver and they just got like eviscerated. They just got like blown out. Like, it was brutal. And you, you even said that, like, I thought they played pretty well, actually. I thought I thought they, they were much swept. better than I thought. Is this like when they got swept versus Golden State, but LeBron had the great game one, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it was really close. They made a they made a no, shot." You know, I like, I think they were good, and they they punched above their weight in the playoffs. I thought too. But, um, okay, but here's another thing, though. Like, if you look at their season last year, you know, they at least had like a positive net rating, and defensively, they were pretty good. This year, it's like they're about the same. Their net rating's negative, but they're kind of middle of the road. But they're defensively, they're a little bit worse, and offensively, they're the same. So, like, they gotta like really turn it around, and they don't have the ability to like add the types of reinforcements. It would be like you said, it'd be like one guy, right? It'd be Zach Levine. Yeah. And is a midseason acquisition gonna like really save their season? I don't think so. But what if it was? What if they could do both? And say, I say to you, the Lakers' starting lineup next month is. DeJounte Murray, Austin Reeves, Bojan Bogdanovic, LeBron, and AD. Yeah, that team's pretty good. I don't know that they would start Austin Reeves. I think they'd still bring him off the bench. But, like, yeah, sure. That team would be kind of, like, a little bit more exciting. I still don't think they'd be better than Denver. Still don't think they'd be better than my adopted favorite team, the Clippers. So so are the the Lakers and Golden State just sort of, like, those years that, like, Meryl Streep gets nominated for, like, Into the Woods or something where it's just like, hey, it's nice to have a big name here, but you're not really relevant. So right Golden now. State is what? Golden State is 20 and 24, correct? They've got Draymond back, finally. Uh, You know what? I have no idea what to make of the Golden State Warriors. I think Golden State is more likely more to be frisky, able to turn friskier. it on. Yeah, I agree with that. But- that's only As currently they, constructed. That's only because they can play offense and they get Chris Paul back. So, like, 
they actually is, is Phoenix in that same boat where it's just no like, I think Phoenix I think Phoenix is a legitimate contender just um, looking at their roster Kevin Durant and then literally their next leading scorers are all shooting guards Devin Booker Grayson Allen Bradley Beal Eric Gordon. I mean the, like, the does lineup, that work the, the times that Booker Beal and Durant have been on the court they have been like wildly good so yeah. we just haven't really seen it because, you know, it's it's Brad Beal. Don't they need to make a I think Miles Bridges for them makes a ton of that, sense. He makes a ton of sense yeah. there. I don't know what they do. Like, see, here's the thing. So Bridges, obviously, he's cheap right now and he is a rental. He's certainly going to get I would assume he gets paid, assuming he, you know, is legal. Trouble doesn't pop back up again or whatever. But man, it's it'd be a lot to like give up a first round pick for miles bridges because like, you know, you probably can't resign him, but for a team like the heat or I'm sorry, for a team like the Suns, it might make sense, man. Like, I think it does too. At a certain point, it's like, look, Tyreek Hill has been great. Like there, I, maybe that is like the who's binary. Been great? Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I'm just saying like, you know, I said, I don't like thresholds, like yes or no, but maybe there is like a sort of like, how much can we tolerate like bad behavior? It's like, is it a yes or a no? Like Tyreek Hill, for example, like, okay, fine. You, you know, you can play it. Or like Jeffrey Simmons in the NFL. He, I think he punched some girl in college. Yeah, before when he was in college. And then Joe he, Mixon. Slide, he slides a little bit in the draft and they turn out to be bargains. And so like you're biting yourself in the, shooting yourself in the foot. Jeffrey Simmons was a first round pick though, right? Yeah, but yeah, he went yeah. a little later. Yeah, he later. Like, like in the 20s. Or something. Yeah. Um, but same with Miles Bridges. It's like, hey, you could be pious and not sign Miles Bridges, but if averaging 20 points a game for seven million dollars a year i'm not really like i said i'm not really saying don't trade for miles bridges i just think that like it it does matter like if you're going to get paid or not i think like you know if you get in trouble again like you're not going to get paid but if well do you know like this is going to sound ridiculous but you know you've been around the league you know coaches like is miles bridges like a bad guy or was it like just sort of like he has a problem you know, in this one specific area, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm comfortable like saying that I know for a fact, I know his Intel was good, like that. He was a good kid. People liked him. Um, but again, like the sort of the difference between social character and basketball character, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I never, before, you know, he got to the NBA, but same with John Moran, like you never really heard a lot of that stuff. And then all of a sudden it happened. So it's like, all but right. Like, do you know, do you agree that there's a difference? Like, let's say, I don't know, DeAndre Ayton. Like, he seems like maybe he's a fine guy, but he, for whatever reason, like basketball, like he's not yeah, like he just, the not locker room leader. Yeah, it's not his favorite thing. He doesn't love it. Like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. Whereas, but, like, Jokic isn't really a locker room leader. He's more of like a lead by example guy, but like, you can rely on him to do what he's supposed to do. But as a you, coach, would you rather have not those two specific examples, but like, like a bad guy legally who's really good in a locker room and works really hard at basketball or like the choir boy who kind of shows up late and doesn't really try that hard. Every situation is different. I have told, I have been told, you know, people don't coaches don't really want guys who don't love basketball. Right. But I think that given this, the way society is now, there's so much other stuff to do. Like it doesn't bother me. If you do what you're supposed to do, it doesn't really bother me if you don't go home and watch the NBA, right? That was a big thing for a while. I was like, when I was in college, like I worked for a guy who was like, you think they watch college basketball at night? Like, you think they watch the NBA? Like, do they love it? And that's yeah. like, that was like a big thing. They used to always ask about that because they didn't want guys who didn't like love basketball. I don't think that's a huge deal, but I think you can tell right away who it's going to keep from becoming. Well, don't great- you think like Jokic kind of killed that where he's like act so casual? He like doesn't. It. Yeah, basketball's his job. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like, honestly, he's like the first guy I've ever really been like, man, like we have like a work party, right? A holiday party. And it's like, we have to go to this. Like, you got to show your face. You want to be there for two and a half hours. And you think in like the NBA, you'd be like, yeah, I get to go party with my teammates. But like, Jokic was just like, no, it's a job, man. Like, this is what I do. And I was like, God, I totally respect that because we build these guys up that it's like they love what they do every day. And it's they're playing a game for a living and they make tons of money. But like, I just really respect that, that like, Jok- I agree with you. I think Jokic has kind of proved that like, as long as you're really good at what you do, you don't have to like totally love I it. I think it might be different in football in the sense that like, not to use it. Well, you could be injured at any moment. So like, you right. It's more it. like, like being in the foxhole. I, I know people don't like war analogies, but like, you kind of need to be locked in, <laughs> you know, like, but, like, but think about. Okay, so let's use let's use a Patrick Mahomes example, right? Yeah, he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves for his preparation because he's just like this goofy dude who like likes drinking beers. 
but apparently he is like that. Apparently, he but what is. about Travis Kelsey, who's you know he got so much flack for like flying yeah. around and partying with Taylor Swift, and, and he just shows been, up in the biggest game of the year and has an amazing performance. Like I don't think you can. I it, it, it's different in the NFL, right? Like I don't think your your roles are so different. You can't be a quarter. You can't be Jamarcus Russell and be good as a quarterback. But like you can be Randy Moss and be a great receiver, right? Yeah. Like they said that about Gronkowski, like or somebody like that. It was just like you know, it's just natural. They have a feel yeah. for it, whatever. He show he shows up and he loves it and he knows what to do on the field and it's fine. But I do remember. Um, do you remember? Uh, you probably don't know this name, but Tyler Sagan. He played hockey in Boston. He played I've for heard the, the name, yeah. And he was like a big time partier, and it was right around the time the Patriots had like had just gotten Gronk, like late two thousand late 2000s, early 2010s. And uh, the, the Bruins made a rule that Tyler Sagan wasn't allowed to hang out with Gronk in the middle of the season because they were just like partying so much. But I think, again, I think it's different. And I think in the NBA, it's just so much more individual that like you you really can't be the best version of yourself if you're not totally locked in. Whereas in the NFL, I think you can get away with it. At certain places, I think you can get away with it. Not Not entirely, right? But I think... I, I think it know. matters more is the star player too. It's like a it leading by example kind of thing. If you're just like a, you know, yeah, I mean, not I'm practicing still- or you're not listening to the coach, for example. Like if Giannis was totally buying into Adrian Griffin, would he have gotten fired? I really doubt it. I have no idea, but I doubt it. I mean, Giannis was surprised that he got fired. You know, Giannis didn't see it coming. He's got to trust. <laughs> he's got to trust the organization. They know what's right for him, right? Like I, I Giannis is just so a all guy. these guys like. Giannis remember what Dwight Howard was talking about? Who how he supported Stan Van Gundy too. That the, 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 honest thing, the honest thing was like the most ridiculous though to me, Zan. And then we'll, we'll wrap this up because we've been about an hour. But like Giannis made it sound like he just like gets his briefcase, packs his lunch, shows up to work, clocks in, listens to his overlords and clocks out. And I just was like, you have got to be shitting me, dude. Like there is no way that you were not consulted. Like no it's crazy. Yeah. that you weren't brought in to be like, hey, what's going on here? And for you to be like, oh, I'm totally blindsided by it. Like, come on, man. Like, unless the only argument would be like, they want to keep his hands clean and like, they kind of knew it or they had the sense and then didn't okay. have what's like the a meeting about Giannis it. Giannis telling his agent, I don't know who reps him, by the way. So I'm, I'm just making this example, yeah. but what's the difference of Giannis calling his agent and being like, I hate Adrian Griffin. I can't yeah. play for this guy. Yeah. And then Adrian that, Griffin calling the bucks and being like, Giannis hates Adrian Griffin. He can't play. And then the bucks fire Adrian Griffin. I think that's a fair. Is Giannis blindsided there? You know, he's just a co- corporate drones and he just works for bucks incorporated. I, it was like the most insane quote of the year. And I, I think, I don't know if it was you that was telling me like a couple years ago, like at some point people will turn on Giannis because like everybody turns on him. Yeah. Everyone kind of, everyone turns on everybody. Yeah. But it has sort of shown up that like maybe Giannis is not this like super pure like lover of basketball. And he's kind of understood that like my career can go a couple ways and I need to act on that. And I think that's totally fine. But I don't think you get to have it both ways. That was kind of my argument with Dame at the start of the year, too. Like you just need to own it. And I think part of Giannis's appeal is that he has never appeared that way. But I think now he's. More mature, if you will, maybe a little bit more jaded than he was. But I was yeah, he's kind of you know, figured it out, I, and and deservedly so. Would you say? I mean, like these guys are super super important. Giannis, yeah. by the way, on Bovada plus seven hundred to win MVP. I think Giannis plus seven hundred, Luca plus five hundred makes a little sense. I mean, I'll say this: people are talking about Shea, but I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like like, okay, so. Giannis is averaging 31, 12, and 6. His team's 32 and 15. And I feel like we have not heard anything about him being an MVP candidate. Yeah, no, I agree. But like what I think that games played is going to matter. Can Jokic like that, like betting wise, like not to devolve into that, like defensive player of the year, for example, Rudy is a big favorite now, minus 270. He should win. Like, but yeah, uh, sure. But like if, and the next highest is OG and it'll be plus 800. So you think, okay, what does OG need to win? Probably he's not impossible. But what if Rudy gets hurt and misses twenty games? Like, don't you think that's like a ten percent chance for any player? Definitely. I think. I mean, I think there is. So Jokic just played forty-seven games. Shea forty-six. Giannis forty-five. Tatum forty-five. Luca forty. Didn't realize he had missed that many. And then Embiid thirty-four. So you, Luca will get there. Embiid, who knows? We haven't heard anything about his injury since we started recording. Seems unlikely to get there, I would guess, because there's no way he's going to play. I, I would assume he misses at least a week or two. Um, 
what's Shay? What are Shay's odds? Shay's plus three hundred. He's actually his second favorite. Shay, by the way, is averaging only two point two turnovers a night. That's pretty amazing. He's really good. Did you see? Um, only six the, assists. Though. Did you see Anthony Edwards' comments like the other day where he was like, "I don't care. I'll take the fine. The rest weren't giving us any calls. Whatever." Yeah. And then after the game, like a little bit later on, like somebody asked him about Shay shooting 15 free throws or whatever and he's like i'm not even mad about that like that guy's unguardable like you can't stay in front of him i think Giannis is the best value because look 31 points 11 rebounds six assist 6.2 assists is nearly matching shay he's 6. shooting 61 percent from the field by the way 61%. and you know defensively they haven't been great but he's still a good defender 2.4 stocks a game if they get to the one seed i guess that's too hard with boston they're, that's the problem. They're like four games back of Boston, four and a half back of Boston. Yeah, that's almost impossible. Unfortunately. Boston's really good. Jason Tatum is really good. And I feel like he's got no chance to win MVP, which is fine. I don't really care. I don't really think Jason yeah. Tatum is the best player in the NBA. But I do think we always get reminded how good Jason Tatum is towards well, what, the end what of the is, year. What is Ramona Shelburne, the narrative voter? What's the narrative this season for MVP? Is it Shea Gildas? No, Jimmy? I think people are going to vote for MB and just be like, hey, he only played 63 games. So oh. taking a stand. <laughs> but then he'd be ineligible. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jokic is just going to win again, honestly. Like, I just, unless Embiid plays 65 games, like. I think the I, one seed's going to matter. Denver and well, OKC are right within striking distance. Yeah, if Oklahoma City gets the, the one seed, I, I could see I think Shea, Shea winning. winning. Yeah, like a That's Derek a good Williams narrative. kind of year. He's really good. It's tough. It's funny. Like, I was talking with somebody um, who works for the Sixers, and uh, we were having this conversation. And I said, you know, Shea is like trying to get in the mix of like, hey, he's one of the three or four best players in the NBA or top five player in the NBA. And he made first team all NBA last year anyway. So obviously he's close. And he was just saying like, it's so hard to do in Oklahoma City unless you're, you know, Kevin Durant, right? You've got to be on national TV all the time. Like you have to have like kind of a league behind you. And he said like, you know, but that one seed. And would Denver fight for the one seed knowing that Oklahoma City is theoretically the competition. Like, are they scared of going to Oklahoma City? No, in the I don't think. Finals? I don't no. think Denver. I don't think Denver cares one. I mean, I, I think home field, home court advantage in Denver matters because of altitude for sure. It's definitely something that people need to pay attention to. But I don't think like. Well, and I'll tell you not to. Denver's half a game back of Minnesota right now, and OKC's. One this is gonna. This is gonna sound like I'm just droning on, but it actually ties everything together with the. Bus. The Clippers are gonna be the one seed. Structural flaws in the NBA. And it all ties back together. Games. Well, how many games are you playing? How many games are you playing? Like, why does it matter? Because home court advantage does not matter enough. It's a structural flaw to give them one extra home game that really doesn't matter that much. And the NFL, I think, has done a good job where it's like the number one seed gets a bye. In the NFL, that's huge. It's so big. Unless you play unless you play Patrick Mahomes. Right, right. Matter. That's true. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just a one less game, right? The, and in, I think the NBA needs to do something. The playing tournament is certainly part of the motivation for that. They think makes sense. But still, not a huge difference between being the one and the three seed. If there was a way to really reward those one seed teams. Denver's probably the only team that has like I, I I told you I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I've heard old Oracle Arena when the Warriors were really good was actually a crazy advantage because it was so loud in there because like people were all about it and like well do you, do you remember probably, my solution for this like again like it's not as extreme even as the four point play or the two and a half point play two and a half point play go go for it and then I've we'll said it before play. I think I think there's no reason to argue this aside from the fact that this is not the way we do it. Um, home court in the NBA playoffs, we need to boost the relevance of it to make the regular season matter more. Simple solution. You do a tip-off, right? But after the tip-off, every quarter starts with the home team having possession. So really, no one would notice. No one really notices that You get that one anyway. extra possession. Yeah, extra you get possession. like one or one and a half extra one possession in the game. Yeah. And that, you know, two points. Why don't we just give the game? home team an extra three points? Just don't no, but this is a way to do it in a way. The spread this is a way to do that in a very like organic seeming way. I think. Is there any argument against that? I've told you before. I think it's a good idea, but I also don't yeah. think it matters. Like I don't. I don't. Again, I don't think it really matters. And playing at home okay. does matter some. So anyway, 
Okay. All right. He is uh, Zan underscore Ellison on Twitter and Reddit. Reddit posts have been real clunkers lately, I heard. So everybody go over there, <laughs> upvote them. You know, I just get yelled at all the time. Like, what a stupid thing. I just, I don't know. What, what kind of topics do we have in the pipeline? I had two that were just clunkers, but I thought were really interesting topics. But um, what were they? Like if aliens descended on the earth? <laughs> no, one was about pick... regression and, and most improved candidates. Okay. Who's winning most improved? Uh, Max, he's winning this year, apparently. But. Yeah. The other one I thought was interesting. It's going to be a longer discussion. We can maybe save for the off season, which I probably should have done. But where would this year's top pick, maybe Alexander Saar, whoever it is, rank on a list of the most valuable top picks in the two thousands? Low, like low, like twenty thirteen, maybe. That. But let's yeah, save, save that for next for time because that's a good time. topic. Or just and talk about the top ones too. Yeah. All right. And as always, you can email the show, sandrickelson at gmail.com. Um, we'll be back next week. And as always, Dan, it's a pleasure. Dog Sports NBA Show with your host, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.